Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this wonderful letter of James, the truths that are so plainly there for us to see and yet so hard to do. Lord, work through me tonight as your humble servant. Let your Holy Spirit be the one speaking the words and that everyone here tonight will be impacted by, by your word and that tonight we will go away resolved to, to strive to live more like Jesus. I pray these things in your name. Amen. So the message coming up very soon, the, the title, Perfection Through Suffering, which to me sounds like a whole lot of hard work. And yet this is, this is what's, what's taught, and, and as, we'll, as we'll discover tonight, there's a, there's a very beautiful truth and some very exciting news for all of us in, in this message. But first, to give you some background, this uh, book of James, or epistle, um, it's one of, one of the earliest books ever written in the Bible. We've really got, got copies even around the, the time of Romans, quite old, and believed to be written by James, the Lord's brother. So someone with quite a bit of credibility. Um, and he also held the position of first bishop in Jerusalem. And that's the first thing to, to take note in this book here. So he's, he's the head honcho. And introduces himself as the servant of God and of Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that's a great example there. Even, gosh, three words in the passage. So running the church, huge responsibility. You think he have a bit of a right to say, I'm, I'm in a very important position. But no, he puts himself right down. James, the servant of God and of Lord Jesus Christ, and continues. And it's, it's a very interesting letter here. There's, there's no personal greetings to anyone in particular. There's no reference to any, any problems that are occurring in, in local churches. Um, there's no local issues that come up that you often see in a lot of other letters. He's He's effectively ministering to the scattered flock or to the churches dispersed around the area. It's um, very much a general message that is as relevant for us today as it was back when it was written. So effectively, um, James represents a doctor's prescription. So, uh, I'll be the patient, imaginary doctor standing here. Oh, doc, I'm really suffering. There's all these things going wrong in my life and I should be talking to the doctor. And this is really hard. One thing after another, my car broke down, the, the cat was run over. Um, it's starting to sound like a country and western song here. Um, 
it's, it's, it's really tough. What can you do to help me? The doctor, adjust his glasses. More suffering for you. What? And that's what James is saying. You suffer trials, pain, affliction, problems, school, work, home, and the treatment, more testing, more trials. And this is a repeat statement as well. It just keeps on giving. Now, that's not the sort of answer I would expect and I would be hoping for if I'm the patient over here. Uh, putting on the world's wisdom, I would love to hear that here's a pill you can take that'll make all the problems go away. Here's, here's a mantra you can repeat to yourself. Here's, here's uh, 10 easy steps that you can take and all the problems will go. But as many of us painfully know from the experience in our lives and of the suffering that we have seen with, with dear family members and friends, that's, that's not the reality. And so it's clear that we will all experience suffering for those who, who haven't really yet. Um, it's, it's coming and for those here who, who have gone through, through suffering, there is, there is very good, good news for you in this letter. And so the important thing is, well, how, how do we respond to that, which comes on to the three points for this evening. First, we must prepare to suffer trials. We must accept that they will happen, they are a reality. And then with that, persevere to perfection, which very strongly comes through in this letter, as well as the perfection word, which sounds quite unattainable, but as, as we'll, we'll, we'll read soon, um, God has a, has a plan for you. We will be suffering. We've got to have the right attitude. And lastly, we've got to be people who talk the talk and walk the walk. In a wonderful, very practical letter from James. Next slide, thanks. So first we need to set back to definitions. Uh, what, what, are, what are the trials here? And, and going back to the original Greek, it's, it's, it's a word with a double meaning of, of many kinds. And we have um, really two types. We've got, we've got the outward trials, problems, sufferings, and you've also got the, the inward temptations that, that plague everyone. You have suffering that can be instantaneous. Think of someone horribly injured in a car accident. You have those that last a lifetime. Someone with a back injury or, or, or pain, um, not just physical pain, but, but loss of a loved one. Um, there is persecution, of course, which was very relevant for the, for the early church. And that, and that came at all levels, from, from the government, and, and there was even infighting within the churches, you, you might be shocked to hear. Even back in the early time, it's, it's being bombarded from all, all directions. And yet there is a, a very tight relationship to faith. And it's how... You respond and how your faith changes when you come into contact, or more when they're thrust at you, 
these trials and sufferings and problems. And effectively what happens is, is this suffering will expose, it'll, it'll improve and strengthen your faith. And again, counterintuitive here. Um, I think I'd rather have the problems go away, thank you very much. But here's James saying through the word of God, I will, you will heal sufferings, problems, and out of that you will come out stronger. Next slide. Now, um, another thing to, to note here that this is a letter written to believers, and there were and there were there were so folks who were quite poor, and there were folks who were who were well off. But the message that James has here that, uh, well, if 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 you're well off, um, you need to take pride in your humiliating situation, which which again doesn't really make sense. I've got my got my, my flash castle here and I've got my chariots and, and, and all the rest. I'm doing pretty well. I've got the best, best position. But wealth is here today, gone tomorrow. Wealth is a trap. Wealth can replace God. And with wealth, people think that they can take the world on by themselves and all of that can be taken away in an instant. And here he's saying, for the rich believers, take pride in your humiliating situations, even though you're surrounded by chariots and castles and fine physicians. And for the poor, for the folks who don't have anything, well, take pride in your lofty position. And that's, that's because they do not have any of the distractions, any, any of the false gods, to, the shiny chariots and castles and physicians to, to get in the way, to give them that confidence. It's, it's them trusting in God and that's it. Base, plain, simple, pure and wonderful. And next slide. And then, and then here we, we, we get on to the really perplexing part. So told to consider it joy when you face trials. Now to be, to be very clear, this is, this is not some sort of masochism where you are to enjoy the suffering, no sort of stoicism where you just grin and bear it, but the trials and the sufferings that God will put you through are a means to an end and part of his plan. That joy is from the fulfillment of his plan because if you have a close family member who, who is afflicted with cancer, does not have much time to live, this text is not saying you are to be joyful that they're in that awful situation. If you suffer any other loss, if you see people hurting, you're not to relish that. But this is a joy that comes from knowing that God has a plan for you. And, and as we know that joy is listed as one of the fruits of, of, of the Spirit. And... The key thing here is your joy really depends on your attitude. So if I'm living for myself with my, with my chariots and castles and physicians and all the rest, um, and that's taken away from me, I'm going to be quite upset. And that's because I'm living for me. I'm living for today. Um, that's my shiny chariots and castles and physicians and... Now it's gone and I'm not really happy about that. Now, this is the living for today corner here. 
And if I'm living for God, I know he has a plan. All of that happened for a reason. And I've got an eternal focus here. So I've gone from woe is me to God is great. And it depends on your attitude. Next, next. Now, of course, the trials that, that, that hit us um, be pretty nasty. And the wonderful thing is that you are not on your own in this situation. That you specifically stated that you can ask God for wisdom. And he will give generously. He will not hold back. So whenever something happens, whenever the afflictions hit you, the suffering, God is there 24-7. His word right in front of you. Get down on your knees. You can pray no matter what. And he will always listen to you regardless of what you, you have may have think you've done or no matter the, the situation, God will always give generously. But there's a little bit of a warning in here uh, for folks to be, to be double-minded or the, or the term uses the wave of the sea and that's, that's almost two-faced in the way. So if we go back to the example of the, of the uh, rich guy here, I've got my castles and chariots and physicians and, and he prays, oh God, you've blessed me and, and I deserve this and I'm such a wonderful person. I clearly have me reading my Bible. But this person there, he's been taken away. He then prays, well, I deserve it all back, Lord. Because, well, look at me, I'm awesome. Or in a more appropriate word back in the day. Now, that double-minded attitude there, that is, that is someone who, who, who really is not aware of, of the scriptures, is, has not really read it, doesn't really understand what sort of thing God gives. And then over here, lost castles and chariots and physicians. Say, well, God, life's a little bit simpler now. Um, what do you want me to do next? Again. Same situation, two different responses. So, next. so it's clear that you will suffer trials. And the next challenge is to persevere and onto that perfection word. So, so we read in James 1.4 that, that perseverance, let, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not Lacking anything. Now, um, that seems uh, quite a difficult ask here. But you have to be clear that, that James is not saying that you all need to be perfect um, the moment you step out of church tonight. But I will be watching. What he's saying is keep your eyes on the end goal. Keep your eyes on the prize. And that is to become more and more like Jesus, the ultimate in perfection. That's, that's where you should keep your perspective, no matter what's 
going on at the moment. And, and we, we read that here in, in 1 John 2.6. It's, it's absolutely crystal clear. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. I, I don't think you could say it any plainer than that. And that is that perfection. Um, for us, with our sinful nature, our, our fallen state... Um, we are going to slip up. And when we do that, um, next slide. Then the wonderful thing about God and his nature is you can get down on your knees, say, sorry, Lord, and he will forgive you. And we read in 1 John 1, 9, and if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness and so I have this situation where we are effectively running the race we are going to come across obstacles and trials throughout we are going to to suffer which is the reality but in all of that we've got God always there we can always call on him for help when we slip and fall and mess up Get down on your knees and say, sorry, sorry, Father. I want to do better with that ultimate end goal, the example of Jesus Christ that we are striving for. And with that as well, we have been promised the crown of life. Now, the, the context there for, for the folks at the time is, is they, they saw crowns quite, quite regularly. Um, yeah, for us, uh, perhaps on Queen Lizzie, but... Um, I don't see anyone here wearing a crown tonight. Ryan, you took yours off. Yep. But in the, in the day, and, and, and for the readers then, you, you, you had many different types of crowns and they, and they symbolised different things. So, so one was uh, to have the flowers worn at, at weddings and that's something that you put on in a very, very happy, joyful situation. Uh, of course, the kings... And queens and the royalty would would have their jewel encrusted uh, um, there, and 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 you just don't want to get the wrong angle with the sun because it'll blind you, and it's 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 very impressive and grand, and that signified the royalty. Um, of course, you also had the the victory wreath worn by the athletes, which we're all very very familiar with. If anyone's watched, uh, anyone's read Asterix. And there's also the, the, the judges and the magistrates um, are also issued with golden wreaths. And, and that signified the, the authority and the, the dignity of the office. So, so when, when crown of life was, was mentioned here, these, these are the things that, that the readers would pick up straight away. And there is a direct translation to the, to the crowns that, that the believers effectively war. So those believers, as, as written back then and as applies very much to you today, is that you all have that crown of joy. That is that, that joy that comes from persevering through the trials and the suffering. You are all royalty in that ch we're children of God. Wear a crown of victory due to the, 
the victory over death by Jesus' blood on the cross. And lastly, that crown of dignity. Everyone here, or everyone in the world, created in God's perfect image. Now, very importantly here, I've been talking a lot about what you need to do. You need to be persevering. You need to be praying. You, you need to have the right attitude through life. There's, James here is, is, is giving a lot of very practical instructions and commands in this, in this letter, almost, almost like a checklist. In, in fact, in the whole book of James, 108 verses, there are 60 separate commands that, that come up. And very important here is if you were to follow every one of those 60 commands, always tick them off, you got your checklist every day, you will not be saved. You will not get into heaven. Because Jesus Christ died for a gift that can never be earned, but one that is gladly provided for all. Book of James is, is not a set of instructions for you to live your life in order to be right with God. Because what Jesus did on the cross is a price that he paid that you could never repay, that we could never repay because God's standard is perfection. And so that's very important here that, that you can never be saved by what you do, never be saved by your works. And, and that ties back to, to what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 3.28, for we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from works in the law. And so considering that, we go to the next slide, so how does, how does this epistle fit in? And, and the answer is, well, perfectly. In that James was, was highly regarded by, by Paul, and he specifically referred to him as, as a pillar of the church. He had a lot of cred, street cred, so to speak, as the young people say. Do you? I don't know. So... The difference here is that we have Paul, he is, he is declaring the righteousness of God. This is God's nature. God loves you. God, wipe away your sins and give that away for free. What James is saying is that this, this here is a real and practical demonstration of your faith once you have received that gift. These are the things that you will do because you love God, not because you have to do it to get into heaven. And so now that we've got that in place, um, how do you demonstrate that practical faith? Comes on to our last point that we need to talk the talk and walk the walk. 
Next slide. First, be very quick to listen. Now, context is, is important here because for a long time I thought, well, quick to listen to, to people uh, such as my wife, which, which is an area of, of development. Looking down at the back. Love you, honey. But when we, when we look at the scriptures here and, and look, at, look at the context of what, what James is saying is, is, is that he wants you to be, to be quick to listen to the word, to the, to, to the gospel, to the, to the instructions and the truths that, that God has shared in the Bible. And makes it clear here in James 1, 22, that to, do not merely listen to the word, so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. And, and we've seen many other examples um, in Scripture, um, particularly when, when Jesus was, was trying to deal with, with, with the local ruling religious leaders and, and, um, and, and the other folks of the day, and, and he would say something and it, it'd come in one ear and shoot out the other, or it'd come in one ear and get messed around and they'll hear, hear something else. And the words he, he spoke not only need to be received, but, 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 but they need to go from, from the head into the heart and from the heart translate into action, glad action. And that's what he's saying here. Um, next, slow to speak. Now, quite, quite enjoyed doing some research on this one. Um, this is quite practical in that uh, back in the early churches, um, very much house churches then, and there was a lot of involvement, uh, but there was also a lot of congregational participation. And what we're talking about here is, is where someone might get a bit excited at, at the back and starts calling out, and, and there are times when, when that person um, sort of innocently or through whatever reason um, did, didn't quite have the truths right and so they'd be they'd be clamoring out their back making some sort of claim which 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 isn't helping everyone and so what he's effectively saying here and what I can say to you now is um, I will have no interjectors please because it's in the Bible but no that is that is not true when we and we know that that's that's a fact so again wonderful here very very practical example here that that if, if you're in church, if you want to make a contribution, then make sure it aligns to the Word of God. Very simple. And lastly, slow to anger. And again, I thought, well, oh, angry against other folks, but, but look at the context. And here, it's, it's anger against the Word again, against the Gospel. Now that goes back to to my castles and chariots and physicians guy here shaking his fist at God. You've, you've taken all of that away from me. I deserve that. I, I earn that. Guy over here, Lord, clearly that's, that's in your plan. What's next? And we see here, oh, oh sorry, just, just back on. Um, also wonderful reference here to looking into the mirror not liking what you're seeing. So here, um, wealthy guy, 
If he looks in the mirror, he should see someone who's quite up himself, thinks he's, thinks he's a lot better than everyone else, thinks he's entitled to those castles and chariots and physicians. And if he reads God's word, should realise that that's wrong and he should repent of that and, and he has every opportunity to do so, but chooses not. Also, too, we're instructed to set aside the filthiness and wickedness. And that's really whatever, whatever taints, soils, or devalues our lives. And, and looking at the, the, the original wording here, it's referring to, to shabby, dirty clothing. So um, if you've been on a school camp and it's been hiking and you've worn the same clothes full set for three or four days see people nodding um, it's it's not something your mother wants to see or or for you to come within smelling range very very beautiful picture here this is clothes that are that are really revolting and filthy and and, and have, have have no place at all and should be cast in the fire and burned now, to do that, quite simple, pray. Listen to the word. Again, castles, chariots, physicians, shrouded in the shabby clothing. But he doesn't see it. Or, and he, but he has every opportunity to, to be able to repent and cast that off and start anew. The next slide. And so, with walking the walk, effectively James, James provides a really a set of warnings to, to folks who, I list them here, you've got the ones, they, they, they talk holiness, they use sort of all the right words, they will um, sort of come to church, and uh, yep, sort of speak. Yep, I'll be should be doing this and all the rest. Um, and then they go out and get drunk the next day. Or also those who who speak of love, kindness, and and peace, and generosity and hospitality. But you should see the angry rant they put on Facebook when commenting against someone's post. Folks for whom you see a pattern of conflict and yet will say one thing and act another way. Now those who, who act religious or, or pious, one of the, the original words, and here to, here to do great things, but, but they don't actually serve. No practical follow through. Effectively, those who, who are really long on theory know all the, all the head words, nothing in the heart, and are short on practice. And effectively, you are all to do, do the opposite. And uh, quite simple, really. Watch what you say. Keep a tight rein on the tongue. And the benefit there is 
that for everyone you come in contact with, they, hard to put the finger on it, but, but, but know that there's something different about you. That you're not like everyone else. And with your witness, you will change lives. And, and we read here Colossians 3.6. Again, very simple, clear instruction. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And simply follow that instruction. When we're, when we're gathering tonight, when, when you're at school or work or home tomorrow, for the, for the rest of the week, just think about what you say, what you talk about. Um, gossiping and slander and, and a big challenge here in Australia, sarcasm as well, because... We are uh, somewhat sarcastic at times. And just be really, really careful what you say about other people. Because with one statement, you can, you can undo so much good. With that, with, that, with that tiny little tongue, you can cause so much hurt and pain and, and, and also put obstacles up for folks to be saved. And uh, next, thanks. And, and, and also, too, we're told to practice the true religion. And, and the instruction here is to go out and look after orphans and widows. Again, context is important. Uh, back in the day, there uh, was no Centrelink, um, so no, no sort of government um, services available for, for folks who have no family. And if you're in that situation, um, you're on your own, you'll probably starve to death. To look after orphans and widows in this context is to make time for the most unimportant people, for folks who are not going to give you anything back, not going to uh, have a rub my back, rub your back situation, so Bernie, earn any credit. It's, it's you getting out there and serving and expecting nothing in return. It's... it's it's that beautiful, simple service that, that shows that you've got no agenda. You're not doing this for yourself. You're doing this for God. You're doing this because you love God. And that simple, practical act will, does and will continue to change lives. And lastly, we're told to make sure we don't keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. Now, this is always a challenge because, as you know, we're in the midst of a battlefield here. We've got the suffering, the trials, all the different persecution. But so really, James isn't saying, um, all right, everyone, let's escape to a, a monastery and we'll put a, I think it was it say here, uh, build a moat deep and put sharks in the moat, in, in my translation. Not at all. This is, this is a very practical book for folks who living lives very much like yourselves. You're, you're going out you're in secular workplaces, in the, the secular marketplace. How do you respond to the challenges? How do you respond to other people? And that's keep the eyes on the goal. Continue to live like Jesus. Pre prepare for those trials. The persecution will come. Be in the world, but not of the world.
so. As it's clear from our own experiences, as it's clear from, from Scripture that, that you will suffer trials, your response to those trials is, is to persevere. Put your head down. Ask God for help when you trip and stumble. Repent. Drag yourself up. Keep going. And in your life, be, be a living, walking, talking, serving, loving, caring example of Jesus Christ in everything that you do. Talk the talk. Walk the walk. Serve gladly. But remember... In all of this, read in 1 Timothy that there is, there is one God, one mediator between God and mankind. That's Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ who gave himself as a ransom for all people. That gift that he gave you, if, if, you, do not, if you do not know Jesus yet or if you, if you want to find out more, see me, see, see Pastor David sitting at the back. This gift is available for you. And so what I, what I hope you take away from tonight is that life is tough, but it's your choice how you respond to the trials and sufferings. It is not in, in your own strength. You, you're not alone. It's an obvious one, but not only is there God to turn to, but there's the folks here in this church. There's other sort of Christians around the world. There's, there's your friends, other, any believer and anywhere, all part of the one family. Keep the eyes on the goal. Become like Jesus. Strive for perfection. And remember that he died for your sins. He died with no expectation that you would have to meet a certain standard. But as we've learned from James, from this word here, that as Christians there's some very practical steps that, that we can take. And effectively comes down to loving one another sort of as Christ loved us. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this, this wonderful example of, of how life is, of the challenges that we will face, the pain and the suffering. But Lord, thank you for the reminder that, that all the pain put in there, it's, it's all for your glory, all part of your plan that we may know that we can always turn to you for help. And Lord, let our lives be an example of Jesus and that when we go out tonight, we will remember to speak with love and to act with no expectation of getting anything in return and to do sort of everything for your glory. Amen.